0: listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton.
1: Oh, we have a very animated trio as we begin the Diamond District Bonus Hour. If you're just joining us, we ended the network portion of the show with Bobby Regan. Covers college hoops for Barstool. And Mark asked him the question. Listen, we know you hated Coach K. So now that he's gone, you know, beheim has gone, Roy Williams gone in the last two years. I mean, you know, okay, who's left? Who 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 you you know who are you now going to hate? And he's like, I got to admit, I'm, I'm turning on Izzo. I'm tired of Tom Izzo.
2: I get it. I've watched the pressers, and if I weren't an alum, who has an unbelievable amount of admiration for what he's done for that program. It gets a little old.
1: He does seem like he's become get-off-my-lawn guy. And I obviously have a soft spot for get-off-my-lawn right. guy. Right. I've been told I am get-off-my-lawn guy. But he does seem... Like, I asked you guys during the break, is Izzo Dabo... And
2: the only reason I say no is that he's embraced the portal.
1: Okay. And NIL.
3: But, but, but
1: Well, okay, the, so but the modern game, I mean, he is not embraced. Michigan no. State still plays like it's the Mateen Cleaves team. 100%. Yes,
3: defend rebound run, that's what all those teams are built on. Here's the interesting thing. His class this year, the recruiting class, you can still recruit the, he can
2: recruit because Ishbia gave him an unlimited that's checkbook. The, that's
3: the game these days, though. That's yeah. the game. Well, then play the damn guys and you're recruiting. That's where I was getting to was it's one thing to have the class. It's another to not to, to actually play them, and he doesn't play them. He plays Cohen Carr the most out of the freshmen. Now, Jeremy Fears is the point guard. He, he got shot in the leg yeah. a couple weeks ago, so he maybe would have been in the rotation if things were a little differently. But you saw Booker last night. He can stretch the floor. He can hit threes, and that's what Riggs brought up. Put those guys in there and
1: play a modern offense. They were preseason top five, and they're a bubble team. They did whack Michigan in the second half last night, but I actually think the three of us and uh, four other guys down at the court could probably give Michigan a game these days. But win number 700 for Izzo. That's a lot. It is. It's incredibly impressive. But – and that's the guy you have to admit, we all would have lost that bet. You know, they went to the final four in 99. He wins it in 2000. And, I mean, how many times has he been back? Like six? I mean, they've been to a bunch of final fours. He's been to eight,
3: including 2000. So, he's always been to eight, and he's won it one time.
1: Right. So, he went to the first two. So, he's been back six times. Right. He and also
3: he's only made the final once since then, and that was in oh nine against New But that
1: was my point that it is surprising that you talk about guys in which we thought, oh, well, he'll get another one. And it's like, well, now he's 69 years old. And it's like, uh, is he gonna get number two? I mean, you know, he's a Hall of Famer, his legacy, the whole deal, but it's kind of I mean, you know been almost a quarter century it's like oh man one more would be really nice I mean Mark that's where you're at right when we talk about our teams and can I get one more title before my time is up I mean Tigers are probably first but I'll bet Sparty basketball no Sparty, bas- Sparty basketball
2: Sparty basketballs. that's I mean I I've got the I got the piece of paper on the wall from there now Sparty okay. Sparty basketball Sparty anything would be ahead of Detroit. Do it, for it, it truly would. Okay. I mean, I get right. fired up for the tournament and I still think this team could have paid a little bit of attention to him. This team has the talent to make another deep run where all of a sudden they're in the sweet 16 and everybody's going January, February, March is <laughs> stop it
1: <laughs> for the record. Trent. All right. The alum said that. Okay. Just for the record. So, you know, when I say it in about three weeks, you can't get mad at me. Because Miller said it first.
2: But hey, if, he, if he makes a run, it'll be a 7 8 seed or a 6 seed or something like, they like did that. Last year. Yeah, but the fact of the matter is, they're not supposed to be a 6 seed. They oh. were supposed to be a 2 seed. When you're a preseason top five, they have not lived up to expectations, and listen, that routinely happens. And all of a sudden, he figures it out. Uh, we'll listen, see. Trent, Figure it out. Hold on a
1: second. 6 seed? They're a bubble team right now. They I, When I see brackets right now, they're in the play in.
0: Hold on, They're hold in on. Okay. Dayton right let, now.
1: Let me explain to you.
3: This <laughs> sounds like something. No, no, to... no,
0: no,
1: no. But listen, I if if Michigan State yes. in six weeks is a six seed, then they've gone on a run like New Mexico. And by the way, Bobby Regan pointing out New Mexico, Richard Pitino's Lobos are slapping people right now. It's a good thing that the tournament isn't coming up because New Mexico – would be a trendy Final Four pick. They are destroying people. Good teams. And they are kicking them right now.
2: And by the way, a team that really needs a win right now is the Florida Gators, and they've got Kentucky tonight. Yes, At some point, do. Florida's got to win a couple of games here, and they're good enough to beat teams. They've just, they're they've underperformed this year.
1: They don't have, I believe, a... Uh, You know, what's it? What's the one, group Uh, one, or it's not group.
2: No, quad one.
1: Quad one. They don't have a quad one, and I don't know how many quad two wins they have either. I mean, it's a very hollow resume right now for the Gators. They need something to hang their hat on if they're going to remain like this and want a bid in six weeks. And this obviously would do it. They've only won 10 times at Rupp. I think they're ten and forty at Rupp historically, and four of the wins at Rupp were with teams that went to the Final Four. Did you take the points tonight?
2: No. No, I wouldn't. But the, these two play high-scoring games, and this game should get up to the you know mid to high eighties. That's where both average. So I would expect this game to be up there from a
1: point standpoint. Tell you what. I know John Cal's had trouble getting out of his own way lately, and everybody's down on him. This is a good team. This is a fun team. They they got two guys. They're two guys who come off the bench for them. I mean, they could start on top ten teams in the country. They, this is a good team. I mean, that Reed Shepherd kid, man, can he shoot it.
2: You know, Billis said I was watching a Kentucky game, and Billis said something pretty simple that I took a lot into. And he said this is the first team in a while that Cal hasn't had to coach to play basketball. Meaning these guys are all hungry basketball players. It's not he's had a lot of talent, but you could question how much they wanted to play and how hard they played. And this team's not that. These guys all want to play hard so he can actually coach them hard. And I the the big guy they got the the European there the 7-footer that's now eligible. Right. I, Kentucky's going to be a tough out, David. I'm with you.
1: So Barstool Sleeper in our Twitch chat room says the Izzo discussion reminds him of how Steeler fans feel about Tomlin. Mm, I don't think we're there. I don't think Izzo's lost the support amongst Spartan Nation the way Tomlin has with the Steelers.
2: I think you're right, given the fact that Trent's phone blew up from people in Michigan. When we criticized Izzo on the show, their first reaction. <laughs> so inside the mitten, David, it's still in Izzo we trust. Whereas in Pittsburgh, it's not in Tomlin we trust anymore. I I, I think you're well, right. Because
1: because I believe Tomlin's got three or four playoff wins since their last Super Bowl appearance. Whereas, I mean, Izzo was in a Final Four. 2019. Was it? it was my freshman year. Yeah, the year, year before the pandemic, right?
3: Yep. Yep. And then they would—I yeah. mean, they would have gone. They would have at least made a run in 2020. They were coming off well, three top-five wins. Of teams, I mean, you know, Florida, Florida State, Dayton, Dayton that Florida year. State. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I just—they were—they were, they were gonna—they won the Big Ten that year, you know, so they were.
1: That's true. Need nope. to make another They're, run. That's true. Although I've seen Michigan State teams win the Big Ten, going to the tournament as a two seed and get beat in the first round. But that's <sighs> that's why we love the tournament. It happened once. All hell can break loose. We love it. Love it. That's something, by the way. That's something they better not screw up. Greg Sankey, are you listening? Stop it with this 9016 field crap. Do not take away from the Thursday, Friday of March Madness. If you're going to propose anything in your sport that's going to Make those two days less special than they are right now. It's a bad idea.
2: It's a horrible idea.
3: We're three for three on that.
2: In fact, David, pay-per-view Super Bowl or the tournament expanding to 96 teams? Oh, my goodness.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, listen, we'd all blank and moan if they pay per view the Super Bowl, but how many of us are not going to watch the game? I mean, we would suck it up. We would pay it. We would. We would pay it.
3: Everybody would. It's the
1: Super not Bowl. It's part of American but, culture. But, I mean, listen, if we throw money into the pool for squares... I think there'd be more Super Bowl parties, though. I actually think less people would watch at home alone. I do think people would congregate more as a group, and it's kind of like, here's my 10, here's my 20, I'll chip in, what have you. But we'd all – we're not going to not watch the Super Bowl. I mean, we laugh every year. There's 100 to 115 million people who watch the Super Bowl. There's That means over 200 million people are not watching the Super Bowl. Name me Four. No, I are there for my aunt Kathy doesn't watch the Super Bowl. She doesn't. I, that's the only person I know who doesn't watch the Super Bowl. And apparently, two thirds of is not watching the game. I'm sorry, that's crap. It's crap. I tell you, it's crap.
2: You know what, you're now at a good spot because before you are in a neighborhood and it's hard to watch, maybe you could knock on some doors. You got what. 24 units in that building there? Yes. Maybe you could know knock what? on a few third floor doors and say, I'm hey, gonna hey, hey.
1: I'm going to do it. You watching the game? Yep. I'm one of the younger people in the building, too. That'll be great. 6.30 on a Sunday, me banging on doors. Louise! Louise! Uh, you don't have to open the door. What are you watching? Yeah, you know what?
2: Your wife can take the binoculars that she spies on people with and look into houses from the lanai and see how many games, how many TVs the Super Bowl's on?
1: She's convinced the cartels across the pond. Right. And I, of course, keep saying which cartel. That really gets her going. So, you know what, Mark? You're right. I may do some R&D Super Bowl Sunday.
2: We'll get the report on what Jacksonville is watching.
1: Well, I just want to see. Apparently, two-thirds of America is not watching the Super Bowl. I don't know. I'm think, I'm saying the rating system's flawed. That's all. Miller and Moulton. Good, bad, and ugly. What's on tap? Whatever. It's in 25 minutes.
0: And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton.
1: Transition week continues with only one football game left, and that not this weekend. So, you know, it's time to get you an update on everything. It's actually NHL All-Star Weekend taking place this weekend. It's been a crazy week in the NHL. They had like uh, one game Monday, two Tuesday. They've got three tonight. And then they're finally going to, you know, take All-Star Week off. But most of the leagues had the whole week off. It's strange. So, not that anyone's paying attention or anything. Got Pebble getting underway tomorrow. It's one of those signature series events. Big purse, 48 of the top 50 people in the world are in it. Although Rory said, by the way, it's not as special a win without Rom or DJ here. I I mean, honestly, is this... Can we drug test him? Who is this guy?
2: Rory has come 180... In the shortest time period ever. He was going scorched earth not more than six months ago against any live player that was out there. They were dead to him, and they were never getting back in the PGA Tour if he had his way.
1: No, six months ago, there must be consequences if they want to come back. There must be penalties. There must be consequences. Yesterday, let them back right away. Okay? Faster we can get and come together, the better it is for golf.
2: I think it's hard to punish people. I don't think there should be a punishment.
1: Right. No, no, no. This Republicans and Democrats working together for the betterment of the country. I mean, this is that bat-blank crazy, what's going on right now. And it, I mean, think about what would have to happen for that to happen in our political landscape right now. Think about us what the seismic event would have to be for that to happen. Well, what then is happening that we don't fully know about in golf? No, no, because, I mean, he's not doing this because John Rahm sat him down after the Ryder Cup over some beers and convinced him. I mean, something's going on here. And I wonder if it's, quite frankly, the economic survival of the PGA Tour for them to make the money – that they're, they've are they started to make because of LIV in the last 18 months, and they want to keep making it.
2: David, is it possible that Cohen and Arthur Blank and the Fenway Group, who are going to pony up this $3 billion, have looked at the numbers or looked at the financials and said, yeah, we're not, and that the only thing left is the PIF money, and therefore Roy Rory is making amends because the money that's coming in is the Saudis? I,
1: Supposedly, I don't... in six minutes all right, the commissioner is going to have a series of Zoom calls with the players. And apparently it starts in like six minutes. So, I mean, obviously that's an update on, you know, what's going on. But somebody leaked out the email that was sent yesterday, which, by the way, the tour players have to love this, right? They're in pebble. And the commissioner's calling for a 9.30 a.m. Eastern time conference call. Yeah, that's 6.30 a.m. where the golfers are. Right. This guy really knows how to make friends and influence people, doesn't he? How many of these golfers are going to be like, yeah, I'll have my handlers watch it. They can send me the cliff notes.
2: I will say, probably the most intriguing Pebble Beach Pro-Am we've had in forever because it's an elevated event and they're all playing. 45 of the top 50 players in the world are there. The only reason five aren't is because, well, they're on the live tour.
1: Right. I th- guess it's 48 of the 50 who played in the BMW, the you know, or in the tour championship right. or, or, well, not the, you know, the playoffs last year. Right. So, and obviously Rom's not playing well because he's not allowed to. Although it sounds like if it was up to Rory, he changed that immediately.
2: And the interesting thing about all these top players playing in this event is that, by and large, the PGA Tour players hate this event. Hate it. Haven't they played it in years. They despise this event. They don't want to play with amateurs. They don't want
1: six-and-a-half-hour rounds. Uh, did you hear, by the way, no amateurs on the weekends this year? Okay. It's a two-day pro-am. That's it. No amateurs on the weekends. It's There is no... Pro-Am uh, Championship, which, by the way, they proudly display on the back of the first tee at Pebble. I mean, it lists every – I mean, that's a bit big to them, the Pro-Am team. Because it's the history the of what this
2: tournament is. Yes. This is Bing's tournament.
1: And apparently, they're, you know, Brady and Rodgers are in it. Alex Smith is in it. And apparently, they get 36 holes, and that's it.
2: Well, didn't Rodgers win it last year and got accused of being a sandbagger?
1: Yes, because his handicap was like a 10 or something like that. Yeah. Uh
3: Shocker. Sorry, I had to throw that in there.
1: And oh, by the way, I think this weekend the LIV, their first tournament's in uh, Mexico. Rom, I believe, meeting with the media today. We'll try to have a golf guest on tomorrow. Probably won't have anybody who's out in California. We'll just have, you know, somebody who was covering the LIV to talk about life on the tour, which is getting really interesting. I'm just trying to figure out, once again, Mark, I mean, I'm the worst business person in the world. I don't know how to make money as a sportscaster, never mind being in business. But how how is Cohen and Arthur Blank and the Fenway Group, and how are they going to get their $3 billion back? I know the tour is profitable. I get it. The networks, by the way, make a lot of money. This is the only major sport that the networks make money hand over fist, televising, golf.
2: Is that, I mean, because the production costs of this are every bit as high as anything else.
1: They Uh, are, but some of it's worked into the sponsorship. Okay, that the literally, you know, John Hancock helps pay the production cost. It's worked in, but also, you know, all those. I mean, think about it. You're selling golf clubs and golf balls. I mean, you, you can charge the highest rate. They, those companies have to advertise here, and that's one of the reasons why golf's so popular with the networks. I mean, only Fox could lose money televising golf.
2: Well, that's because they paid.
1: Yeah, they paid $93 million for basically one tournament. This ain't the SEC championship game. That's basically what they found out. This ain't the Big Ten title game in Indianapolis. By the way, you're going to have the U.S. Open when Tiger Woods isn't even going to make the cut for five years. Go.
2: When's he going to play, by the way?
1: Genesis, uh, is that what they're talking about? Isn't it mid-February is his event? It's not Super Bowl weekend. It's the weekend after, right? Okay. Is his tournament that he hosts out in California. Because Phoenix is the one that's always. Right. That's this week. Super Bowl weekend. Next
2: week, rather. Yeah.
1: Right. So, and then I believe his event. So, there you go. A little golf talk
2: little golf, a little college basketball. We're trying. Wow. We told yeah. you. This oh. is your introduction to sports week on Miller and Moulton.
1: Right. I mean, don't get me wrong. Our poll question is still the NFL. I mean, there are four teams that have never made the Super Bowl. Which one of the four is going to make it first? Detroit, Cleveland, Jacksonville, or Houston?
2: Detroit and Houston taking up nearly 89% of the vote.
1: Wow. Wow, that's a lot of CJ Stroud love, man.
2: Yeah, it is. Yes, it is. What a difference is.
1: a year makes, huh?
2: That question a year ago, Jacksonville would have probably been the overwhelming favorite on there.
1: And Houston might have been last. So there you go. That's our poll question. That Mark Miller, the David Moulton, FloridaSportsNetwork.com. Vote accordingly.
2: 21,000 is the text line. We've been talking a little bit about – we started our poll question about a pay-per-view Super Bowl, and that's why I was hitting David with the pay-per-view question a moment ago, is that that's the direction we were thinking about going in.
1: Yeah, and we'll probably do it tomorrow, to be honest. (laughs) I mean, we're not the most creative duo in the world. Trent's behind the glass nodding his head going, yeah, I can vouch for that.
0: Welcome to the Bonus Hour, brought to you by Jason and Todd at the Diamond District. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton.
2: It is the Diamond District Bonus Hour. We are Miller and Moulton, and thank you for listening so much. Valentine's Day is going to get up there pretty quickly, so if you're looking for that perfect gift, the Diamond District will have it for you, no matter what your price range is. The Diamond District has something within it, whether you're looking for something on the maybe inexpensive side or you're really going to go out and do it right and buy a big large rock for that woman in your life the diamond district has that and everything in between so check them out and make sure you tell them that miller and Moulton sent you uh quickly want to get to this because it happened about 20 minutes ago or so the com- we were talking about commissioner monahan having his conference call at ninth or right about now with players, and the reason that is is that the PGA Tour has closed on a deal with the strategic sports group at an investment pegged at $3 billion. That's a done deal now. That is the group led by the Fenway Sports Group and Arthur Blank. Uh, there's one other owner that's involved in that, but that's the $3 billion. That's why the conference call is coming. It's still... I, we, we still are led to believe that the PGA tour is in talks with the PIF, the Saudis for that fund money, but we'll see how that all shakes out. But that has a lot to do with why this conference calls that has everything to do with why this conference call is happening this morning. We'll probably update, not probably, we will definitely have a golf guest on tomorrow to update you more as this will develop throughout the day and things are leaked out as what happened on the zoom call.
0: It's time for someone to take back this segment, if for no other reason than to stop David from talking about Megan and Harry. Here's Mark Miller with Today Was the Day When.
2: Probably needed David for this one today. He's picking mom up at the train station. That's why he's taking the last segment off. But there's not a lot that happened on today. We start in 1965. 1865, rather. Congress passed the 13th Amendment abolishing slavery. Kind of a biggie. Ooh. We skip all the way to 1970. If you're a dead fan, you know the line busted on Bourbon Street, set up like a bowling pin. Well, that was because today the Grateful Dead was busted on Bourbon Street with their entourage for having LSD. Are you a deadhead? Yes. I've see, I, Really? I went to, uh, I mean, I'm not like a nut job. I I, I, yeah. I would have loved to have traveled, and I had friends in college who would on spring break would go travel with the dead and, and go see all kinds of shows. You
3: had friends who were nut jobs as well.
2: Oh, I'm yeah. Saying. Very much so. Uh <laughs> Eric Zarenner, top of the list. But um, no, I've seen seven shows, I think. That's something a, like that. A,
3: that's a good, good few. Um,
2: Saul, when when I worked at the Omni in Atlanta, I actually snuck into the Omni. It didn't pay to see the dead. That's kind of one of my favorite free concerts that I've ever been to. Love Roller Coaster by the Ohio Players was number one today in 1976. Blondies, the tide is high, number one in 81. Super Bowl 22 was today in 88. That was Washington pounding Denver 42 to 10 in San Diego. Doug Williams, your MVP. For those of you old enough to remember, today was a great day in 1990. Trent, you would have loved it. The National began publishing. It was an all sports daily newspaper, it was the single greatest publication for sports that ever happened.
3: Where was it published?
2: It was national.
3: Well, national, but where was it based?
2: I. That I don't remember, but they had different offices. Like there was a Detroit edition. There was nice. There was different editions, but it had everything. It it was your agate page that had all the box scores, you know, one page on every game. It was truly delightful. And it went out of business because well Because people suck. Well, the business model wasn't they a lot of money on a lot of reporters and not enough money in advertising. 1993 Super Bowl 27 Dallas pounded the Bills 52 to 17 at the Rose Bowl Troy Aikman your Super Bowl MVP. Today in 1999 the Family Guy premieres on Fox. Are you a fan? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> How could I not be? That show is full of snark. That is it all is. that is 100% snark. That's my kind of show. And today in 2015 In 2015, Lydia Ko, at 17, became the number one-ranked golfer, the youngest male or female ever to be ranked number one. Jersey Joe Walcock, Jackie Robinson, and Ernie Banks, all born today. Nolan Ryan, 77. I think you could still put him in and get three outs. Yep, I would agree. I think he could throw nine heaters and get through a side. KC, as in KC and the Sunshine Band, Casey is 73 today. Coach Doug Peterson is 56, and Justin Timberlake is 43 years old today.
3: I've got two for you. Uh Uh-oh. If you want them. Yeah, absolutely. The Jackson 5 scored their first number one hit ever in 1970 on this day. I want you back. Originally written for, I think, Gladys Knight, maybe, or Diana Ross. Diana Ross right. and the Supremes. It was also their Motown debut. It was kind of a big deal. And also in 1976, just to give you an idea of how big ABBA was at this time, they took Queen over for the number one hit in the UK. Mamma Mia overtook Bohemian Rhapsody.
2: Uh, as what David would say, we were doing a lot of drugs in the 70s, and there's a reason why we were listening to ABBA.
0: What a time for music.
2: Oh, I don't know if you'd go that far.
0: You've heard folks elsewhere mock, Florida is gonna Florida. Well, Mark Miller sees it differently. He calls it the good, the bad, and the ugly. What you got, Mark?
2: We go to Washington State for the good, where a woman went to buy some lottery tickets. Now, why she bought four identical tickets in the same lottery drawing remains a mystery. But she hit on every one of them. The top prize was $10,000. She hit it for $40,000. She used a combination of her mom's birthday and her own birthday. And she's a winner. Her husband was speechless. You know why? Because he's probably not getting any of the money. (laughs) I really wanted David for this story because I was going to try to get him to cringe and or blush. But... For the bad, we go to St. Petersburg, Florida, where a naked woman wielding a sharp-edge vegetable peeler threatened convenience store workers, destroyed a Red Bull display, and then flipped the buzzard in front of the sheriff's deputies before being taken into custody last night on a variety of criminal charges. Celia Barrett caused her drunken disturbance at the racetrack gas station. She walked in naked... And began yelling about being trespassed from the building on the prior day. Then she went after the Red Bull display, took that down. And then when the police arrived while she was naked, she decided to pleasure herself in front of police deputies.
3: Judas, what are we doing, lady?
2: She admitted to be intoxicated and said she had approximately six shots of liquor.
3: Is that, I mean, that's a lot, but that doesn't warrant doing that. No, no. Trent, you know what?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Has there ever been a time in your life where outdoors in public, you said, you know what's going to make this all go away? I'll take off all my clothes.
3: No, absolutely not.
2: Let's keep it that way. Yep. For the ugly, we go to Orlando where a parent is suing a Hooters restaurant After their child stepped on mold outside the business and fell. Child was injured and they are now seeking $50,000 in damages because of the child's bodily injury, mental or psychological disorders resulting in pain and suffering. Maybe you shouldn't bring your kid to Hooters.
3: Yeah. Well, that's the I, that was where my mind went first.
2: One Florida thing I've never really understood, and I have no problem with Hooters. Come on now. Anybody that knows me knows that I've, yeah, I don't necessarily think their food's great, but I have no problem with the concept or it's anything else about it. a place to go. It. If you're a guy. Yes. In your 20s and sure. even in your 30s, beyond that, you start being creepy.
3: <laughs> you think?
2: Okay. Let's just be honest. But- I get it. You know, they're they're creepy guys all over looking yeah. at, at scantily clad women. But why they think it's a family restaurant? That's one that's always baffled
3: me. Yeah. I think it has that feel of a B dubs, except the women are right. walking around with
2: And but I guess it is. But uh there you go. That's the good, the bad, and the ugly on today, January the thirty first, twenty twenty four. All right. What do we got? Three NHL games tonight. As this is the final three before the All-Star break, Ottawa's at Detroit, the LA Kings are in Nashville, and San Jose takes on Anaheim. San Jose won last night, back-to-back games. Gotta love Anaheim in that one. In the association, the Heat are a a one-and-a-half point favorite at home against Sacramento. It is amazing that the Heat could be favored against anybody right now the way they're playing.
3: Do you think there's any chance Jimmy Butler's days are numbered in Miami? I don't because I don't either but I'm here people are saying that
2: Glad you brought it up I was it was one of the talking head shows was talking about getting Jimmy Butler out of there the point that was made to rebut that is who's got the if you're going to trade him to a contender what contender has the assets yeah. to give Miami back enough so maybe in the offseason I could see something happening but I have trouble seeing something happen at the deadline because they're not going to send Butler to a bad team
3: Deadline just a couple weeks away, by the way.
2: Chicago takes on Charlotte, the Clippers and the Wizards, the Pistons and the Cavs. Rockets host New Orleans. That's a decent game. Dallas and Minnesota. Orlando's taking on the Spurs. They're a four-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. Good chance for them to get back on track. Denver and OKC, probably your best game of the night. Oklahoma City is a one-and-a-half-point favorite in that one. Dane goes back to Portland tonight. Oh, the Bucks are a 10 and a half point favorite taking on Portland.
3: I was just thinking what game am I going to watch tonight? And I'll, I'll probably tune into a little bit of Nuggets Thunder at eight o'clock, but 10 o'clock Dames return. That's something
2: Alabama on the road against Georgia, the 24th race, Tar Heels or Tar Heels, Crimson Tide take where the <laughs> hell did that come from? <laughs> I don't even know where that came from, but the right. Crimson Tide taking on Georgia. Georgia's better this year. They're not good. But they're starting to build a program. Can they win against a ranked team tonight at home? Purdue, the number 2-ranked Boilermakers, are at home against Northwestern. South Florida takes on East Carolina in Greenville, North Carolina. The Pirates are a a 2.5-point favorite in that one. UCF is a a 2.5-point dog at home against 18th-ranked Baylor. Kentucky and Florida at it tonight. Kentucky, a five and a half point favorite in that one. Yukon, twelve and a half point favorite over Providence, and Auburn nearly a twenty point favorite against Vanderbilt. New Mexico is at home against Boise tonight. If you are so inclined to watch New Mexico and New Mexico, as Bobby Regan talked about, they're an eleven and a half point favorite tonight at home against Boise State. And that is a little bit of what's going on. You got a best bet tonight, Trent?
3: I do love New Mexico minus 11.5 for a lot of the reasons Bobby laid out. If you're a college basketball purist, watch New Mexico. I know it's at 10.30, tough ask for a lot of people, but they play the right way times a million. Very fun to watch. Patino's a great coach. I will say this too, Mark. Tonight, I really like Northwestern to cover the 13.5 at Purdue. On the road? On the road. Oh. Just cover. They'll lose by eight. To twelve points, but they're 14 point dogs. This line's already moved by the way, two points since our show started because I looked this morning and it was eleven and a half. It's now up to thirteen and a half to Purdue.
2: So you're betting right into the money.
3: I might let it go even because it might get up to 14 and a half by the time it tips off. But I like Northwestern to keep it close. They got good shooters.
2: Laying a big number, but I would play Anaheim tonight at home against San Jose. Back-to-back games for the Sharks, they're not very good. I can't expect San Jose to win two in a row, so I'll take Anaheim as my best pick. There you go. NHL, Anaheim, and San Jose. No degenerates on this show as we've got New Mexico basketball and an Anaheim-San Jose game as our best bets tonight.
3: <laughs> You've been rolling with the hockey bets.
2: Back-to-backs. Yeah. I just, I think it's a, I think it's a safe play with bad teams, if you know what I mean.
3: Sure, and no one knows hockey better on this show than you do, and you know, kind of a weird time in the season, a little bit of a, yeah, slum I've, before you. This you know, is weird. Breaking.
2: I would want. I mean, they've got. I would have been playing all kinds of games Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and yeah. then laying off. Yeah, because next week they'll start a full schedule and I, I get it hockey guys not football guy but you're going up against all the hype of the Super Bowl all week long
3: what was it Monday we had one game
2: one game Monday two yesterday and then three tonight and they're on break until Monday when they resume after the all-star break tomorrow on the show we will definitely talk some golf we'll get into the coaching carousel in the NFL as well as uh we'll see if the final dominoes fall there as now the big thing to watch in Tampa is what are they going to do on the offensive side? What's Miami going to do on the defensive side? Miami's got it down to – I mean, they've interviewed quite a few people for the D coordinator job, Leslie Frazier being one of them, and uh, Staley, the former Chargers yeah. coach, being one as well.
3: Is there anyone that Miami could promote from within?
2: They have one – I mean, they've interviewed some of their own coaches. I think the linebacker coach was interviewed. He's okay. being a he's a candidate as well. But it all comes down to – and we had David Bierman on the show – is really the the synergy between McDaniel, McDaniel and whoever this coach is? Because from all indications that there was no real relationship between Fangio and McDaniel, and what people who are coming out of the interviews are talking about is McDaniel's press them. He sounds like he wants whoever it is to be a blitzing type. Yeah.
3: Of so defense. maybe then you do go outside. I just have always been of the belief that after you come off a season like that, sometimes it's not the worst thing in the world to just stay in house. But if McDaniel and Fangio weren't really seeing eye to eye, then maybe you got to go outside.
2: So we'll keep an eye on what happens in the coaching world today. Obviously, big golf news, $3 billion coming into the PJ Tour. How will that affect what goes forward with them? And it doesn't lead to any of the PIF funds. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. We'll do it all over again tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Miller and Moulton right here on the Florida Sports Network.